Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been a decade now since this team last went to a conference final. Think back for the spring of 2002. I mean, that was a bittersweet time for you, wasn't it? Uh, you didn't get to participate as much as you would have liked to. Yeah, I broke my wrist in the first round against the Islanders. I think I covered, I got a shot right off the faceoff uh, on my wrist. But I got to watch a great end of that playoff round where we ended up in the first round in a war with the Islanders. And then in another war against Ottawa, and uh, we still made it to the conference finals. In my opinion, and probably our best chance to reach the Stanley Cup final. A magnificent crowd again at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto for the Eastern Conference Championship. I'll never forget before Game Six, we went down Game Five. We actually beat Carolina in Game Five. Came home for Game Six. And Pat Quinn came in, and he had still had the wristband from the hospital, and he had a, a, like small hoses stuck to me, stepped into the room, and you're just eager to get back and play. And your team is in the conference finals, and you're, you've been resting for a few weeks. It was great to be, get back playing. Sportsfeld story time. Today, we flash back to May 28th, 2002. Toronto Maple Leafs versus Carolina Hurricanes from the Air Canada Centre. It's game six of the 2002 Eastern Conference Finals. We remember this currently as the closest the Maple Leafs have been to a Stanley Cup. This is one we talked about before. About, I was 16, you were 13. Game five of this series that we just talked about in the previous episode is one where I can remember exactly, exactly where I was because it was a Saturday. May 25th was a Saturday. Yes, I was at my friend Sean's basement with several of my friends absolutely freaking out after spending a afternoon together hanging out and playing in 64. (laughs) It was Carolina Hurricanes, Maple Leafs. And when they won, I'll tell you this, when they won game five with a one nothing shutout, we were... 
100% back in, in in that this is a team of destiny. Uh, you know, they cut it to 3-2. They win at home. Game seven, anything can happen. Uh, so despite having been down 3-1 in the series, still a very confident 16-year-old boy. I'll tell you that much. It's funny you say that because I sort of had, when they went down 3-1 on this one, I was pretty like, I remember game six, that like buying back in feeling happened sort of mid game, but Mm. not till game six for me. Like when they went down three, one, it was like, all right, pack it in. Then like they won game five. And I had that sort of like postponing the inevitable feeling like even in game one, which they did win. I remember like as soon as this series started and we started seeing it on the ice, I did not feel confident at all. In any of this, like I remember, I said in uh, the last Ottawa episode, how I remember watching Game One with my dad, and my dad just kind of quietly going, "Oh boy, they're fast." And I just remember like Sammy Kapanen just scaring the shit out of me because he was just so much quicker than everyone on our team. Yes, and it just, I this series I never felt comfortable in. I remember that, and then it was kind of, I remember exactly where I was sitting in my house for Game Six. And I can remember the feeling of like sitting down to watch the game in sort of a resigned state. I'm like, all right, let's see. And then as the game went on, getting more and more invested and more and more invested. And then obviously that wasn't a good formula for how it ended. Before we dive into the game, sort of a phenomenon that I forgot to mention in the previous episode is how many of the guys in the Carolina Hurricanes ended up having Maple Leafs connections. I was going to say that too. Yeah. We talked about TSN Overdrive panelist Jeff (laughs) O'Neill, who repeats many times as uh, a key player in this series and in this game. Ron Francis eventually became a Maple Leaf. Bates Battaglia eventually became a Maple Leaf. The great Glenn Wesley. Glenn Wesley, that's right. And the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes is 35-year-old Paul Maurice. And, obviously, Sammy Kapanen's son would be one. That's right. Kasperi Kapanen. Cheeks. Little cheeks. Cheeks. This was a real contrast between this series and the Sen series, and I would say even the Islanders series as well. Not just, I think, in the style of play, which, which we'll get into, but... Obviously, Maple Leafs uh, Sens was in the early 2000s was like a blood feud. It was a the rivalry <laughs> was as wild as it got for the Maple Leafs in that time. And in a similar thing, you know, the series before there was the Tucker hit on Pekka and there was a, a, the Sundin got injured. Not that it was a, a brawl, but there was a lot of drama and a lot of passion where I think Part of what gives Carolina the advantage here is this is mostly just really tight, fast hockey. As as you mentioned, they they didn't really get into playing along with with the way the Maple Leafs want to play, which is to get under your skin and to get rough and to get you seeing things like Carolina mostly just forechecks and and plays defensively responsible. Yeah, I feel like you can sort of assign an emotion to each of the Leaf series in this run in that the Senators' run was filled with, I mean, way more than one emotion. But to me, that Senators' series struck me as mostly anxiety-driven, both in 
terms of the way the series went down and the idea of losing to Ottawa and the whole Alfredson thing and no Sundin and blah, 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 blah. And that, I remember that Islander series was just like hate. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's the Tucker hit on Pekka. Steve Webb always left his feet when he hit Maple Leafs and it drove me crazy. Like it was just, I, I remember hating that team and beating them felt so satisfying. It kind of reminded me of sort of Raptors Sixers was just like so satisfying to beat them, let alone moving on. But just like we beat you after everything our two teams sort of just went through with each other. And then, yeah, this hurricane series was just like, it, it didn't even feel like the Leafs were around away from the cup final in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it felt it, it felt like sort of the, 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 the curtain call almost. Whereas obviously the other two series were the first two rounds. Yeah. And I, I think that sort of becomes in focus is there were, other things to focus on in those other series where this series was literally the only thing that the, that was focused on was that they're a series away from the cup. It wasn't about like there's no real history with Carolina and there's no real lingering anything. Now, you know, there's the Zamboni goalie other than, other than that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it not, not only was there no lingering resentment or anything, but it just I remember I've thought about this actually quite a few times in the last, whatever, 18 years about how, I guess my only frame of reference really is the Raptors. I guess the Jays too, but it's a little different because there's less rounds, but when they're in the ALCS or the Eastern conference final, there is that like sense over the whole series of like, it's four games away from making the final, like, Oh my God. And I just don't remember that in this series at all. It was uh, it was there for me. I'll tell you that much. That was sort of the only thing we talked about and the only thing that was in focus for about a week and a half. But <laughs> the Leafs really don't getting into the game here into game six. They don't really have a, a lot of success in the first half of this game. They they don't really get the puck deep very often. They get a, a couple power plays, but they don't get a lot going, you know, near the end of the first the shots are 10 to 4 for the Maple Leafs, but it never really felt like the, the Canes were in much trouble, which is, I think, very emblematic of the the style that is played throughout this series, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it felt, again, it just, it, the whole series has this feel of not being dominated because the games are way too close to have anything resembling domination, but just like, man, the Leafs just can't get anything going and anything they do is covered up by Urbe or stopped by Urbe. And it just sort of like felt that like pinging the brick wall kind of feeling. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Moving into the second. Jeff O'Neill. A ridiculous steak to beat Robert Reichel. Stopped by Cujo's glove hand. Best chance of the game by far. And of course it was Jeff O'Neill who makes his name. In this playoff run, like this is the beginning, in my mind at least, of of, of Jeff O'Neill on the map. Absolutely. I mean, I don't. I this was definitely the first time I paid any attention to him. At he did score forty the forty the year before, but still. Which, but again, for Carolina, who yes. I was not paying attention to. <laughs> but yeah, he was. I feel like Jeff O'Neill is a better hockey player than we remember and give him credit for. It could be because he spent like his sort of twilight years on the Leafs. It's like, that's our memory of him. But like, to your point, he did score 40 and take over a playoff series here. Yeah. It's an interesting question because he might be both better than we remember and not better than we remember. Yeah. Because fair point. he's done at age 30. He, his last season is at age 30. He does seven years with Carolina, two with Hartford. So nine years with one franchise and then two years with the Leafs. And then he's literally done. That's it. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I don't really have a sense of his career, to be honest, but I do yeah. wonder if the fact that he played in Hartford and Carolina and then played those two years with the Leafs, it just seems, yeah, he seems like a guy who we know now as obviously a big hockey personality and has sort of the Maple Leaf connection, Maple Leaf roots. But I don't know, maybe he was, maybe he was better than I, I have him in my brain. Isn't it crazy that he, he managed to, Locked down that Toronto sports radio gig only two years with the Maple Leafs. It's true. You would think when you said you that know, it was nine and two, I definitely thought the balance was more even than that. They say he moved well for a big guy. He's six foot one, which is pretty big, I guess, but not, he's no hulking Goliath. Was, I guess it's, is it maybe well. big by 2003 standards for hockey? Very possibly. Although I would feel like the game has gotten smaller now where size yeah, would have been a true. bigger deal back then. Yeah. Well, we certainly don't know. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I think the midway through the second period, and, and you talked about your belief coming back mid-game, but re-watching it, I got to say that midway through the second period, I was a little less surprised that they give up a goal shortly after because they are starting to show the wear of having played 20 playoff games already. Yeah, I, I definitely remember feeling having that idea of, wow, this looks like a team that played 16 playoff games without their best player. Mm. Like, Because so we had like the Roberts-McCauley, Roberts-McCauley, and then McCauley obviously scored, as we talked about last episode. 
And then they kind of like they were around, but they weren't doing what they had done in the previous two series. And I remember it being like, okay, this team is just tired. They yes. felt like a beat up. They felt like an old beat up, tired team with the guys they have. Like you know, Sundin is a big guy, and and Domi's game is all energy, and, and Travis Green, Shane Corson, Gary Roberts. You know, getting on your ass and hitting you hard was a huge part of what got them through Ottawa and a huge part of what got them through the Islanders, uh, Tucker as well in that. And and when you lose that half step and you're not there to throw the hit or you're not throwing the hits quite as hard or you can't get a guy lined up because they're moving the puck too fast, then you're just skating in circles. And yeah, for a big, tough team, that's not the way you want that to be going. Yeah. I think that's, and I, I think that's sort of what I was getting at when my dad sort of mentioned that, Oh, they're fast. Was mm-hmm. that they felt, I don't think the ages actually line up this way, but it felt like they were the young, quick upstart team. And we were the old tired big guys, which I don't think is entirely accurate, but yeah, well, they had what the answers would refer to as the kid line, which was, right. uh, Eric Cole was 23. Jeff O'Neill mentioned 25, Svoboda was only 21. Bathcheck was 21. So they did have, you know, they had three or four guys that were much younger. Uh, the Leafs had a, a, a couple. You, you had, you know, we talked about Macaulay. He was 24. And so so their young, young guys were closer to that 25 range. Coverlay 23. But the rest of them, I mean, you're looking at Sundin, McGilney, Reichel, Roberts, Corson, Green, Domi, Yuskevich, Volk, Corey Cross, all those guys are over 30. So the main guys getting minutes for the Maple Leafs were over 30. And Carolina was able to roll out whole lines of guys under 25, which, you know, it it makes a difference. And not only guys under 25, but guys who were, if they weren't under 25, were more in that sort of quick skill category like a Sammy Kapanen who were able to just sort of skate circles around these guys when they were gassed. Speaking of being gassed, the <laughs> it finally comes up. It, it finally, I think part of what makes Carolina so frustrating and, and what really makes the goals in this game frustrating is they played a way that was, we talked about, it's very boring and, and they're one nothing 2-1 games. And it, what it's all predicated upon is playing safe and waiting for the Maple Leafs to make a mistake and being able to pounce. And lo and behold, Thomas Coverley, the last man back. I don't even know what, like he... Brutal giveaway. Brutal. brutal. Like he <laughs> stops to change directions and it's like he has no idea O'Neill is even there. It was like, it's it's not quite the controller disconnected, but it's close. For sure. It's the not knowing which direction you're supposed to be skating. He, he stops and turns and O'Neill is right there, <laughs> brings it in. And guess what Curtis Joseph does? Hmm. I'm going to go with stacks the pads. He stacks the pads. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> of course. All I could say was, of course. Were you watching that goal? All I could say was, of yeah. course. And I keep glossing over the good Cujo games. And for the record... I was a huge Cujo fan when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I loved it Absolutely. when I was a kid. It's watching it back now. I had a Curtis Joseph poster in my room. I loved Cujo. Cujo stacks the pads, gets the first one, but because he's lying on his side, has no idea <laughs> where the rebound is. 
really feels like he could have just gone into the butterfly for that one and let it hit him in the chest. You think so? Uh, but it's behind I'm not him. A goalie. I'm not a goalie. What do I know? Yeah, neither am I. So yeah, we're not Francois Allaire, you know. <laughs> O'Neal taps it in. No problem. one nothing Hurricanes. The Maple Leafs are in trouble and they're looking tired. And it's a brutal turnover. Um, but the Maple Leafs are not dead yet. What follows in the last minute, I will say, is in the pantheon of biggest goals of my lifetime as a Maple Leafs fan. And they don't even win this game. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I would ag- I would agree with that. Minute and three seconds to go. The Leafs, they try to do the extra attacker thing and they end up going offside. So Cujo <laughs> stays on the ice. They get a timeout. They get it down low. And you can't see the play if you're watching CBC. <laughs> yeah, it's, and if you're not watching, if you're watching the ESPN feed, they go to this bizarre overhead camera cam. angle that looks yeah. like you're playing NHL 19. Not a well-shot series. Totally. Uh, CBC has to do something. So they, they go to a behind-the-net cam, which actually is perfect for the way that this goal gets scored. They start cycling it. 30 seconds left. Lots of cycling. Sundin behind the net. Man, he's so good in space. He moves <laughs> it out to McGillney. McGillney cycles around. And then if you keep your eye on Sundin, he rolls around and is standing to the left of Urbe. McGillney finds Coverlay. Fake shot. Find some room, throws it, throws it in to traffic on the doorstep is Matt Sundin. He finally scores. The ACC goes nuts. And Joe Bowen, for my money, gives the best play-by-play call of his career. Tell me about heart and dedication and <laughs> resilience. Ah, I honest to God, I got goosebumps for listening to that. I me too. I do every time. He's so good. He's so fucking good. It's funny. You were we were talked when we did the uh, Raptors Sixers uh, Vince Carter shot. We talked about how we were sort of getting absorbed back into the game and feeling anxious. Like this just felt like a release, even though I know they lose the game. I think you're right. I think it's such a like massive goal in our memories and in the foundations of us as Leaf fans that it's hard not to look at this and be like, ah, Matt Sundin. Unbelievable. Also, what could be more appropriate as like the foundation of our being Leafs fans that they did something awesome and immediately lost. (laughs) That's so it's so lost in the like. Because it's such a great clip and it's such a great Joe Bowen sound clip that I forgot until rewatching it that they don't win that game. And at the end of the season, it's, it's just like <laughs> yeah. how great of a hit Tucker lays on 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 that, Sammy Cabin. Uh, Ronick goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, of yeah, course. absolutely true. <laughs> so Sundin scores and we are going to overtime with... 
the Carolina Hurricanes knocking on the door of the Stanley Cup final and the Maple Leafs trying to keep it alive. We are going to break down what happens in OT and the fallout from what happens after that on the next episode of Sportsfeld Storytime. I remember we're, we're down one goal in, in, in game six and we, we, uh, we scored a tying goal there. And You scored the tying goal. I did, I know, I know. Down a goal, having to score, goalie out, six attackers, and the, the big guy was right there when he had to be. And Matt Sundin uh, uh, sent the Air Canada Centre into an absolute frenzy. Uh,